we're, I guess, covering some questions. some questions that we yeah. thought... Let's try to stay on topic. Yes. The point beyond which I always told myself I could never go, I'm going, I want to see how it feels, and it actually felt pretty great. Right. And I'm really happy. And, and, I, want to, and I, I decided I want to go all the way there and work my way back. Mm. And I just chose, I just decided that there is no working my way back. I'm going to work my way forward. Really, for me now, I do, the way you just said that was good, I feel myself releasing from that identity of the origin story. This is the airing of grief. Conversations and correspondence about spiritual D and reconstruction. Season 2, Episode 20 The Meaning We Assign. This episode began as part of an idea to revisit something we did last season and catch up with our producers in a particular way. But what started as pairing off to record calls became something different, at least for Derek and Jamie, who got together in Derek's studio to have this discussion. And I think that should bring us up to speed. Oh, God. Okay. This is um, the hardest part is figuring out how to No, begin. I know. I know. Um, but, uh... I guess yeah. It's like what it's like what David Dark talks about with culture is like when when you're when you're talking about like affecting culture and like being in culture and he's like no no culture like it's like that old Palm Olive commercial you're you're soaking in it like you're it's not it's not over there culture's not over there it's not a thing being done all over there you are you are it you are generating it, it. you are, you in, are in it tub. you are it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your initial question of how and when do we start. I think we have, I think, I think we have, I think we start. Yeah. We're going to interview each other. Yes, we are. Is what's going to happen. And we're going to try to keep it as short as possible. (laughs) I think, you know, another thing I think we might've just done, I think we might have just forced Kevin to air ours as one integrated thing. Yeah. As opposed to, like, I think we just, I think ours are going to have to be one thing. Editor's note. Yup. Kevin, you're the best. Love you, Kevin. We love you, Kevin. Oh, I love you too. Okay, okay. so let's do, let's do this. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I told you this was going to happen. Yeah, no, we knew. Okay, we so knew ready. The whole time. I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Um, okay, so I suppose I am asking you questions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so what are we here for? What are we he- What are we doing here? We are here to. Well, we I think we realized that you know throughout last season like first season and this season um we're holding space to hear other people tell their stories which is awesome and really fun um and then kevin brought up the fact that you know maybe people would like to hear from us about our stories yes um build some bridges there um the funny thing that you and i were discussing right before we hopped on this Mm -hmm. was the fact that y'all have heard us talk about ourselves so often (laughs) so i feel like we're here to i don't know maybe just hopefully share some new bits of information doubtful because right (laughs) we've had you, long you and I have talks. never been shy no, about never. Uh, sharing our stories. Also, I said something to someone once about how like a hot mic situation is never going to happen to me. Like the whole like grab her by the pussy thing that happened to our <laughs> whatever, 45. Uh, I said something about how that's never going to happen to me because no one will ever catch me saying anything worse in secret than I've already put on Do Twitter. You- well, so so okay. so Derek Webb. Yes. Bring us up to speed. Tell us about what brought you to that moment. Right. Um, so we've had a few. I, we're I guess covering we some some questions. some questions that we yeah. thought. Let's try to stay on top. Yes. Um, every good podcast has some banter at the beginning, you know. Right. Um, so yeah. So so bring us bring us to this mm-hmm. moment where, you know, you you release a a lyric video on relevant magazine's website where for the first two and a half minutes every single you know theo brogen is like oh hell yeah we're gonna cover this on sunday they're texting all their pals and they're like learn these chords they're probably very similar to all the chords you already know it's gonna be easy for you and then he gets to the bridge and he's like oh fuck never mind <laughs> like his whole you hear the record scratch like his whole world flips over so so tell us Derek webb <laughs> What what happened? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so good at this. No, that was great. So what happened? So what happened? What happened there? How 
did you get there? Um, what a great question. And so, so I think probably because I know the questions, <laughs> and so I'm gonna read some of the question into the way you framed it. Uh, that was the best. Um, I would say that. So in other words, like from you know the previous album, which was the "I Was Wrong," "I'm Sorry," and "I Love You" album which felt like a hearkening back to my first album hmm. album. It was kind of like the, at the 10 year mark of she must and shall go free. I was putting out, I was wrong. Hmm. <laughs> and, um, ironically, there's a lot ironic about that record, but, hmm. and then, you know, took about a four year break and then put out fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. So what the hell happened, you know, in between that, mm -hmm. you know, when it looked like I was maybe circling back around yep. and then all of a sudden fingers crossed comes out. Hmm. But basically for me, what happened was I got divorced, you know, I got, Wait, what? I, I went, I, I went through a divorce. That might be a revelation for some people. <laughs> I went through a divorce about whatever, five years ago almost. And, and here's the thing is like big personal disruption and trauma does not cause spiritual mm, deconstruction. That's true. Yeah. But what it does in my experience is it creates the opportunity for you to tell yourself the truth. For you to tell yourself the truth. For you to take some stock. Mm -hmm. For you to take a hard look at. In other words, it's like when you're, it's like tacking a little um, renovation money into a mortgage, mm. or or an amendment onto a bill. Yeah. You, you know, it's like when something big is getting pushed through, you you, you might as well just tack some other stuff that you yeah, feel might might be important true. on there. Yeah. And it doesn't like if you're already processing a lot mm. of grief, why not process a little more? Yeah. That's and really so for me, I feel like that's what happened. I while I was up in free fall, I spent a lot as much time yeah. as I could learning everything I could. Yeah. So it's it's like. The, so the deconstruction wasn't caused by the personal, mm -hmm. you know, hard seasons of life. They just create the opportunity for it because yeah. you hit the wave and you're up in the air. Yep. You can either just close your eyes and ball up and then wait to hit the ground mm -hmm. again or fall back into your boat or whatever. Yeah. Or you can like do the harder work and you can open your eyes up and you can mm -hmm. slow time down and you can say like, I'm going to learn everything I can while I'm up yep. here. So that when I hit the ground again, I'm going to be a better person or I'm going to understand how to navigate better. Yeah. Or I'm going to know where I am and know if that's where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And that's, to me, what, that's, that's really the whole story. I mean, I think a lot of people hear, oh, it's that, just that typical, like, guy gets, you know, person gets divorced, person goes through spiritual deconstruction, person just says, fuck it all, and lights a match to the foundation of the thing of their whole lives because they've already screwed up so much of it, and why not a little more? And it's like... No, I think you just, I, I think, I mean, maybe, maybe that happens and I'm well, sure it does. Well, no, but the thing is, is even when I hear you say that, I'm like, good. Well, right. That's what should happen. Well, no, you're That's, right. You're yeah. right. But, but, and, and you're, and yeah, and you're right about that. But I think it's more like, no, like when people spend so much time trying to avoid yeah. hard things and yep. disruption and, and really being put in a position to have to assess the life that they've constructed for themselves. Yeah for fear that it won't be what they truly want and what's that going to mean for how they're going to now live in the midst of it. And, and I just think a lot of people spend all their time avoiding, they know what, they know where the, they know where the, the dark corners are. They just don't want to go near right. them. Yeah. And, and I think that when things like that happen, it just gives people the opportunity to just see and address it all. Mm -hmm. And that's mostly what happened for me. So it's yeah. like, as I was going through all that, I was like, okay, you know, I just, I just, I found myself just not being persuaded by and not mm. believing the things. And honestly, here's really what it is. Not being comforted by yeah. the things that, in other words, all this dress rehearsal yep. that I'd done for 30 years yep. with Christianity that was supposed to be when the real moment comes. It was supposed to carry you through crisis was to, was supposed to That's exactly yeah. right. supposed and to carry me through and comfort me. Yep. And this God who was supposed to be there, yeah. presumably who I'd been talking to all this time, yep. but I'd never seen before. I'd never heard his voice. Some people claim to, but I don't know. And just it just wasn't there. Yeah. And and for years, just didn't show back up. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, I just can't live like this. So either he's not there, or he's just not talking to me. In or, which, and either one, then it's an oversell and an under under deliver. That's right. Either of those options, because either like that's right. The construct was imaginary the whole time, so oops. Or um, he's not as good as we were taught he they it whatever it's not as good as we were 
told right. because this is the moment where the payoff was kind of supposed to. Right. You put in all this work, you do all this, you know, right. you have all this devotion and you're, you sing all these songs and you believe these things that tell you like in those moments of crisis, right. like that's when the presence of this thing shows up. Right. And if it's not showing up, then there is that feeling of like, either you're not showing up for me and that is really cruel, um, or you can't show up because I've been talking to a ceiling right. <laughs> this whole time. Both of those are going to break your heart. Right. Uh, and but they're both basically. But but you can't really come out on the other side of either of those still having the former thing intact. That's right. It's not. It's truly not possible. That's right. Yeah. And, the, and and as much as I hate binary statements of like it's this or it's this, and I I'm, I know that's never the truth. Mm -hmm. But there's a few statements like that on the record where yeah. I was processing because that's how it felt. Yeah. And that's why and you almost just unintentionally quoted it, but that's like that that lyric out of goodbye for now is like either you're not real or I'm not chosen. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe I'll never know, but either way my heart's broken, yep. you know, and that's like, that's how it felt, yeah. you know? And, um, so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to give myself a break. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a sabbatical from yeah. this thing and I'm going to just see how it feels to be free of it. And yeah. when I talk to my children about it, cause it's come up yeah. cause they realize I don't go to church right. and they've asked me about it. And I've just said, well, you know, it's like, it's a thing I did for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, it's like anytime you do something for a long time, it's like, sometimes it's fun. It's like getting a fun, I mean, this isn't the best analogy, but it is to a nine-year-old, <laughs> you know, it's like, sometimes it's like, it's fun to like get a fun new haircut. It feels crazy at first, but you just want to try it on and see how it feels. And I'm definitely the kind of person who processes things out loud and I, I need to try things on. I want to say it out loud and see how it feels. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get in trouble for saying stuff on podcasts or whatever. And oftentimes it's not even something I really, I necessarily believe. It's just something I want to try on. I want to yeah. say it out loud and yeah. I do enough podcasts that yeah. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I, I was probably making shit up. Listen that day. long enough. Yeah, but exactly. then you'll hear me say but, but, the exact opposite <laughs> statement three months from exactly. now. Exactly. But it's yeah. like, I want to try it on and see how it feels. I want yeah. to say it out loud yeah. and see how that feels. Yeah. And the more I was saying it out loud of saying, you know what? I don't, the, the, the point beyond which I always told myself I could never go, I'm going, mm -hmm. I want to see how it feels. And mm -hmm. it actually felt pretty great. Right. And I'm really happy. And, and I want to, and I, I decided I want to go all the way there and work my way back. Mm. And I just chose, I just decided that there is no working my way back. I'm going to work my way forward. Well, and that kind of brings us to our yes. second question, Good. which you actually kind of alluded to a little bit just now is like, did it, how did it feel? Mm -hmm. Um, in the initial yeah. phase, I guess, maybe initial phase of that deconstruction, yeah. like, did it feel, and again, this is, you know, kind of binary, but did it feel right or wrong, yes. good, bad? I mean, I'm sure, I mean, every, I talk to enough people about this that it's like, it, the answer to that is yes. It's all yes. of those things. Um, but kind of, you know, speak to that, like the initial yeah. feeling that you had when first, cause there is that, look, it's exciting right at first. And then it's also super terrifying cause you are. You either lose a lot right away or you're aware of how much you potentially stand to lose. So right. what did that feel yeah. like? Yes, you're correct. It was a lot of both. But I mean, to be honest, it felt wrong. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, I grew up with it. And it was, it was, it's just the, it's the default, the presumed reality. Yeah. Especially for people who live where we live. Yep. You know, I mean, and in the West, in the South. Yep. Um, it's, you feel... Yeah, you it it you feel like you're gonna get the side eye from any you know if you even remotely um, hint that you might not be a believer mm -hmm. in all the things that. But well, the and thing, you know, add to that the fact that the question that people use to try and get in, to know you in Nashville is what church do you go to? Yeah, exactly. And if you say I don't go to one, they either assume that you need saving or you just haven't found one yet. Like, exactly. Oh, did you just move here? <laughs> oh, I've got no. some recommendations for you. No, no. <laughs> um, well, and the thing is, and so now, and I feel like I've talked to some people about this too, but once you kind of get a break from it and you get free of it, if you can really manage to break enough to become unaware of some of that convention that is in operation all the time, everywhere yeah. from, from, I mean, everywhere, like on our money. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's, yeah. it is pervasive. You don't realize how pervasive it is. Yeah. But what happens is it becomes, it has, it has become ridiculous to me that the burden of proof or shame or something is on the people who are saying, I don't know. I'm not opting into this. I'm not opting into the thing that requires multiple miracles right. and religion that's tailored yeah. after many other ancient religions before. 
with yeah. very similar narratives and storylines yeah. and, and, and honestly kind of no proof beyond what you can tell me that you feel in your heart. Yeah. There's no like actual evidence or else we wouldn't, it wouldn't, or else religion wouldn't be the most hotly debated thing ever in civilized culture. Yep. There is no hard evidence. I mean, we're all kind of arguing a little bit from our experience and everybody's processing their experience through their emotions. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Yeah. Also, so, I just want to point out that I had this like feeling just then when we got on that subject that like the spirit of David Bazan just like dropped mm, into the I space. <laughs> it just it feels like, like he's in that chair right over there. Because we've done, I mean, we've done this. The three of us have done this we before. Have, it just feels like yeah, we have it done like, it a handful of times, and, and he's so good and at it and comforting the yeah. way he talks about yeah. it. And he was a guy that I went to early, and you were mm -hmm. with me when I did it of yeah. asking him like, "What now?" Yeah, yeah, you know, which is the question you're asking, and and. Or that we're getting to, I believe. But the point Spoiler, being, third question. But, 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 but the point being that it initially felt really wrong. Yeah. Because it feels like, you know, it feels it's like the first time you crack your knuckles. It just feels like I'm just bending my fingers back the wrong right. way. This doesn't feel yeah. right. But then over time, I was like, oh, no, it feels amazing. And yeah. It actually is. And, and I've actually never felt mm. happier or more balanced or settled or yeah. more comfortable in the world yeah. or in my skin or like, I mean, ever mm. than I do mm -hmm. now. And, yeah. um, so it, it became a very right feeling, but for a long time it was, you know, now luckily I was surrounded by, you know, great friends who are not, who, who typically don't operate out of fear in their lives. Um, you included who, didn't make me feel any particular way about it. Mm -hmm. So, cause I think where it would make you feel like wrong and the wrong is reinforced is when you're around people who are like concerned. Yeah. And, yes. and, and, and yeah. the handful of my evangelical friends who made it through all that with me and who I still have, and I have more than a handful of them, um, are just the quality of people for whom this was not an issue. And they were like, I don't care what you believe about stuff. And I actually, yeah. and honestly don't even care what you've done. Yep. I love you. I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. Yeah. I mean, you know, and now, now the majority of those previous evangelical friends did not react that way. And, and so I, and I, and I'm, and I'm, no, I know. And I'm not saying that I made that easy. I, I bear my responsibility in that sure. equation, but a few remarkable people did. Mm -hmm. Um, and they did not put the burden on me of, yeah. they did not make me feel wrong about it. Even my therapist, who who mm -hmm. was who 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 is a Christian, I knew that about Mine was him. Mine too. And I knew, huh. and but he's a remarkable man. Yeah. And um and he was completely open and cheering me on, saying, "You need to, you yeah. need to go all the way, yeah. and I'm not leaving you as you do it. Right. And I will never persuade you yep. not to, and I will yeah. never proselytize in our safe space together. Yeah. And he was just, a, he was remarkable. And, and it was really due in no small part to him creating that space for me yeah. that I was even able to do it. Cause yeah. he was one of the few people I felt safe with at that time. Yeah. That's big. Um, anyway, so that's, yeah, yeah that's how it felt. Yeah. Um, and so for you, yes. Um, bring us mm. to, oh, I have it in my notes. Just bring us to today. <laughs> so, so bring yeah. us to today, Derek Webb. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean like, well, and that's something, and I'll just kind of say it the way I frame it with my client work yeah. um, a lot is, you know, when we're talking through or going through the, my intake form with them, when we're talking about their religion of origin, their relationship to it, um, yes. kind of the messages and stories they heard from it, how they internalize those. And then kind of, you know, That's the implication so there is, you know, where, you know, tell me about your kind of deconstruction and then asking them to kind of bring us up to, uh, where they are now. And the way I say it is like, their current belief association, even if current belief association is, I don't have one, right. um, which is usually where people right. are or just are today. And so, right. um, and I think I maybe have even said the whole, like the first conversation we had in your living room yes, where you said that thing about free falling and realizing that the ground may never be coming. Yes. That whole idea where it's like, it's not about landing yes. or arriving anywhere anymore. And that's one of the most freeing things of the deconstruction experience is that um, your reconstruction doesn't need to look right and getting like, comfortable like with a, what's feeling around with right. what's falling around you yep. that might float near and far as yeah. at, on the way down and you have no real best in like invested commitment to like keeping something right um so you know it's even hard to really ask for the question of where are you today because today might be different than tomorrow that's right than yesterday but that's its own answer so um yeah, yeah so it the story is its own answer yeah um, yeah and, and I, I feel like um other than, I mean, I, I feel like other than to say, I don't, I don't, 
I could say a lot, or I could just say that I am happily free of my previously held beliefs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, no, that's a great way to put it because it's not like I traded those for a different one. I'm no, just, I did not. I'm just without. Yeah. And that really is how it feels to me most days. Okay. It's just not a thing I think about. Yep. And it's not a thing. And it's not a thing that I feel like is required for me to have an answer at the ready in order to feel comfortable in my skin, in order mm. to feel comfortable in in the trajectory of my life and my eventual death. Mm. I, I just don't. I don't feel I don't feel as though it's necessary um, for me to understand and have all that wrapped up and have answers to that, for me to feel like there is purpose in life. Yeah. Or that there is true happiness. Um, or um, and I think a lot of people would say things like that, but but then what's your what's the pur- what's your purpose and what's the point? What's the and I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, I had I an amazing meal today. I got to spend time right. with with amazing people. Pleasure gets to be the pleasure, yep. and, and and not and not you know to the point where it's destructive, but to the point where I'm truly enjoying everything, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful, truly. Yeah. And and feel you know so so it's a kind of a constant processing of um, wanting to because I have a investigative type mind and imagination, and so I I am still. You know, I, I, I do still like, I mean, I think the part of Christianity I really loved the most was the systematic intellectual side, just because yeah. that's how I'm wired. Yeah. And, and so I'm still that way and I'm trying to figure out, and I've, I'm, so I'm, I've burned my way through all the classic books, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've now I've read them all and, yeah. and rereading some of them and enjoying that. I'm learning about alternative narratives like natural mm-hmm. selection, which doesn't even feel like alternative to mm-hmm. me. It's like, yeah, it's just right. a lot of good science, but you know, but just like trying to work my way through and say, there are actually so many very satisfying and very persuasive mm-hmm. and much more probable, infinitely more probable yeah. explanations for a lot of this stuff. And, and it open, and the thing I enjoy the most about it is it opens me up to be able to spend time with my friends who have different experience than me yeah. and truly listen to them yeah. and hang mm-hmm. on their stories yeah. and be like, oh my God, did that really happen to you? That's amazing. And, and like, just let it belong to them. You yeah. don't need to take it and try and form it into an opportunity. And to see kind of how it makes me feel. And yeah. to, to, to even to spark me on to want to have new experiences. Yeah. But the thing where I am now maybe is a good place for me to try to put a, 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 some punctuation at the end of this. Is to say that I, I don't, I'm not convinced. And this, is not, this doesn't make me feel sad. It's really quite the opposite. But I'm not convinced that there's any inherent meaning. Mm-hmm. in anything yeah I think there is only the meaning that you assign that you yeah and so I'm assigning a lot of meaning to a yep. lot of things and a lot yep. of people and a lot of experiences yep. and I'm really enjoying that yeah but I'm not I'm not having to bear um, the weight of inherent meaning in anything yeah and having to reckon with all this inherent meaning everywhere mm-hmm. and I think it's another thing that our, our pal and patron Saint Dave Bazan has mm-hmm. spent a lot of time really churning that language yeah and i feel like i know some of it only because of his music and his thought as he has expressed it in the world and yeah. so um and i'm really enjoying that i'm like mm-hmm. I, I don't when i see things that are serendipitous when i see i'm like you know what i don't have to resist the apparent meaning in it right because i apparently don't believe in inherent meaning anymore i can actually assign the meaning to it and yep. say it's incredibly meaningful it has whatever meaning that i it's i talked to some people about this this past weekend where you know what you kind of give your attention to and get what you give your belief to can have power yes and it's really that simple and here's the thing that's true inarguably yeah yes Yep. I mean, so the millions of people that put their belief in something like evangelical, evangelical Christianity, yep. it gives it power. Yep. Whether there's power there, whether there's power in the blood or not, there's power in... In your assumption that there's power in the blood. That's right. And there's power in the congregational belief, in the in the gathering of belief around something, yep. there's power. Mm-hmm. And there's consequences to that, whether positive or yes, negative. Yes, there are. That's exactly right. Inside of that context. And so that's kind of, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like... You know, because my temptation is to go through and talk to you about agnosticism and atheism and to talk to you about naturalism and secularism and to talk to you about, because those are all things I study and read about and care about and think about a lot. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, I think it's that I'm happily detached from my previously beliefs and I am happily assigning meaning to things that I believe have no inherent meaning. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's really, yeah, that feels comfortable to me today. I like that. I like that.
So Jamie Lee no, Finch. I have some, no, I have some good thoughts. Oh, yes, my ma'am. answers to these questions. Um, yeah, hello. So I'm going to hit you right back yeah. with some of these same things. And again, we're going to have to resist knowing a lot of each other's stories. <laughs> but um, so for you, what was the initial catalyst of deconstruction? Mm-hmm. What was the thing that initially that initially cracked the dam provided the opportunity, forced you into the moment, what was it for you? Um, Well, it was interesting listening to you talk about your experience with it being a divorce. Um, And, you know, so there being like elements of of heartbreak and loss and, um, yeah, just heartbreak and loss. And, And just thinking about how, I mean, obviously there's some things to be said for the fact that I never really, and I've said this on other you know, in other outlets and podcasts before, but I never really like felt like I belonged at mm-hmm. all anyway. So there was just, it was my relationship towards this, that belief system in the first place was just a lot of contorting on my part. Um, and a lot of like, you know, mm, I hacked it for word. two months and then like, you know, I was a little more myself on any given day than I had taught people to be comfortable with mm-hmm. experiencing me as, and then I felt like I, you know, disappointed them or lost the, lost the whole thing and had to start over, try again. And mm. it was just always this continual, like I, I'm trying to be less and less and less and less of who I am. Um, and so there was that already, like, I really see it as, I mean, for me, it's so funny. Like I'm at a point I'm, a, I'm feel myself arriving at a point where I'm probably not going to be having really these types of conversations very much anymore. Um, as far as like what happened, because I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm finding myself in a spot where I am learning about, and this will come up when we talk about the third question, but I'm learning about things that I remember my child self being so drawn towards without any real explanation or like external introduction to it. And, but I had to not because simply because I was raised by the parents I was raised with, mm. born at the time that I was born, in the place I was born, and that's just the story system I was given that mm. I didn't really get to explore the one that I felt was right for me. And all I'm doing now, like this isn't like some like, it feels very true to me now, is this isn't some like, you know, hard, sharp left. I'm just returning back. Like I just had 20, there's a weird 20 years there where I just like, oh, right. you know, made the wrong choice in a mm. sense. But I did the best I could with what I was given. Right. That's all I could do, you know? So and as usual, you're point of evolution is aspirational to me because I'm thinking about how, and this makes sense to hear you answer that way, but I think about like how liberating it will feel one day to not start with the story of, in other words, to not be defined so much as how did I get here and From here being such I an w- interesting contrast new, with something what, else, yeah, but yeah, being, no, yeah. it's, it's where I am or where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't matter how I got here. Yeah. This is where I am. This yeah. is me. Yeah. And, um, and to, and to kind of finally be free of the origin story. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like feeling myself, like letting myself like that being less just, interesting than where you are currently. Yeah. And like, and I, and I have, you know, talked about, and you know, it's the amount of times where I, I kind of do that weird kind of at the wedding I was at this past weekend where you know, I kind of, <clears throat> when people ask me how I got to Nashville or there's a, there's a string of certain questions where if you ask them to me, depending on how much alcohol I have in my body, I might just lead with, Oh, I was accidentally in a cult. Right. Like, and also sometimes it's fun. Um, and so there's a lot to say about that, mm-hmm. but I've talked about that at length ad nauseum to a point where, and there's one episode of the life after podcast on indoctrination where when they released that and I heard it back something, something ended for me where I was like, I have explained this story now for three years. People wanted to know what the fuck happened to me. Right. Cause I'd spent 10 years in, you know, Christian ministry. Right. Um, and then I went off and did this thing and I was a missionary. My parents could be proud of. And now here I am, you know, my business card says sex, witch, right. and I, and I write, you know, lengthy posts about like, su- you know, abortion, not being murder and needing to support like, you know, and ju- it's just like right. these things that like, seem unexpected to other people. But for me, I'm like, oh, I'm just coming the fuck home. And so like, yes. you can go listen to like me talk about the cult. You can listen to me talk about that stuff because really for me now I do the way you just said that was good. I feel myself 
releasing from that identity of the origin story um, of like, like I'm starting to feel less inclined to even connect with the term ex-evangelical because it's speaking to a thing. It's speaking to a thing of what I used to be right. and am no longer. And right. I'm like, identifying. I, like, as, I don't want to think yeah. about my relationship with my body that way. Like as I'm, as I'm connecting with her, as I'm like yeah, learning dude. what it feels like to be in a relationship with her, I don't want her, I don't want to, I don't want her and I to keep talking about the thing that like harmed us that we were involved in for 20 years right. that like we, whoops, you know, the just right. a, a whoops for 20 years. Like and if, I, so, even if that is a big part of how you got here yes. and how you were yep. cast into and thrown totally. into all the lessons you we'll learned. We'll never be able to get totally away from that. But for me, you know, so it's like the, you know, the interesting, like, you know, catalyst for deconstruction, answer that question. I'm like, for sure, if you want to get down to the brass tacks of it, like I came back from England from being there and, you know, some things fell through with the visa process and that church handled it really, really poorly. And the relational break of that, you know, this, these people that had had me identify them as my family and call them like mom and dad and, you know, did this weird adoption thing where I was their daughter. Like, well, I don't have a functional relationship with my mother. So that's right. going to do, that's going to do a number on me. And so, yeah, it was, it was that heartbreak. So it was like its own kind of weird divorce, like not quite right. in a different, or it is, no, it's a different setting, but you know, but I remember for the first like year coming out of that, how, and my friend Corey Pig, who has a phenomenal podcast called Failed Missionary says, he and I talk about this a lot where people will dismiss, like people have like tried to dismiss the work he's doing with that podcast by calling it and him bitter. And it's such a dismissive, it's such hmm. a rude thing to say. It is, you're right. Um, and that was the whole first year of me speaking out about the pain because people would just be like, oh, well, the people in England just hurt, hurt people, hurt people. The church is right. full of imperfect people. You're just bitter. And I'm like, you bet. Mm -hmm. That doesn't argue with my point of why I'm doing what I need to do. Right. It actually reinforces the point because like you said, like whenever you experience some kind of heartbreak, you're just kind of like, all right, well, I'm not avoiding my pain in this. Area. I can't right. successfully avoid my pain in this area. So let's just throw all the things in of all the pain I've been avoiding for all these years. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, I'm the first one to admit that it was born out of like pain and bitterness that got me to leave, like actually give myself the permission to stop going to church regularly. Right. Um, but when I did that, it was not long after, you know, releasing myself from the requirement to wake up every Sunday and, you know, Wednesday and Thursday and Tuesdays and, yeah. you know, and to go and to be a part of the thing and, and say the same words over and over, sing the same things over and over, keep trying the thing that kept failing me. Like the moment that I let myself just stop, it was yeah. not long from that point where I was like, oh, I have been waiting for this apparently. Wow. And it just was like not even... It what there was no question if I was going to go back. Like there just mm. wasn't. And again, that's why I'm like, my it's so uninteresting to me when I think about yeah. it. It was just this like I tried this thing for 20 years and it didn't work. I mm. am kind of feeling myself. I'm feeling my body bring me to a place where I'm, I'm nearing. Like I'll always talk about these things in the context of the work that I do with my clients, like in holding that space for them. But I'm nearing the point where I am no longer going to have these conversations right. about me because I'm just that like sounds good, man. It's, it's healthy. Not, it's just like. Like, this is nothing I want to talk about forever. It's not. Oh my like, God. Like, there's so not. much more interesting things I'd rather talk I about. Wanna, I want to focus on like where, it was important for me to focus on where I've been for a while to right. get from that, but I am no. hyper-focused on where I'm going. Yes. Um, and so, you know, so. I feel the, I feel the same yeah. way. And, yeah. And, and, but I mean, I'm, you're, you're, you're years ahead of me in it, but that's where like, cause I'm not ready quite yet. Sure. I mean, as evidenced by like the record I'm making, like I'm still have some shit I want to talk about. Oh yeah. And, and it's some, important. And some, some things I need to air out. Yeah. Maybe some Maybe I've got some punches I need to throw. Well, and most but of the time like, when I've come to realize free of it. that's actually more for other people than it is for us when yeah. we do that. Is I think to, you're right to about give that. language for other people. I think yeah. you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it sounds like you're, I mean, you're already there. Yeah. You're already answering it. But like in, initially, so our, hmm. our second question is, did it feel right? Did it feel wrong? Did you feel like you were coming onto something that was mm. suddenly like... Oh, this is where I've, yeah. what I've been waiting for. Or was it, Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm like, you know, I think what's funny is it's funny around the same time, maybe six months after I really was like, I'm not doing this yeah. stuff with church anymore. Yeah. Um, I started, uh, I did a, I have a lot of like various different like health issues and, and did have, and, um, and so I did an elimination diet, like a healing diet to try oh, and wow. sort out what was going on with my body and my gut and all of that. Right. And there's a huge, uh, was, area of study for you for it, a long time. Yeah. Too. And that was, I mean, that's what my certification is technically in is in like that kind of coaching. Yeah. Um, and so I, 
I took this journey with my body that very much paralleled what was going on in my spirit. I now see that really clearly. And I remember the first couple days that, so the elimination diet I did is called the GAPS diet. It's the gut and psychology syndrome diet. It's mm. extremely intense because you're, I mean, you're trying to, you're, you're really from the base level trying to heal what's going on in your, in your wow. gut and in your intestinal tract. And so for the first like six weeks, you're on a very, very strictly limited diet. And for the first like week or two of those six weeks, it's even more intensely limited. Wow. So I literally was, boy, I had like the, all these supplements and stuff I was taking. I saved up money over the course of a year to like buy all these supplements and start the thing. And so I was having to, I had certain like vegetables that I had to boil in bone broth and like drink a thing. And that was three meals a day for two weeks straight. Um, and those first couple days, I felt worse than I physically ever felt in my body in my life. But the temptation there, I remember having a moment with a friend, which is where this whole thing, like the light bulb went off. And maybe one of the first moments where I actually communicated with my body now that I'm thinking about it mm. and realized that was necessary. But I had a friend who was like, see me cause I was really weak and you know, tired and Weirdly, we had like my roommates had like a chili dinner planned with friends of mine. And I was like, I'm going to go lay down. Oh Please God. stay here. Cause like the fact that you all are having fun in this room is like helping me feel better, but like, right. I can't eat your chili. Right. And so someone was like, are you sure? Are you okay? Like, are you sure this is a good idea? Are you sure this is good for you? Did the thing, yeah, yeah. The, Cause you don't seem like you're well. And I remember my answer to her being like, that's because I'm not supposed to be yet. Mm. Cause I'm detoxing. Thank you for that question. It's very kind of you. I know this looks alarming please trust me, it's gonna be okay. But this is what a detox looks like. Think about the stories you've heard, the movies you've seen, maybe the literal images yeah. you know of people going through detox right. and going through exactly. processing drugs out of their system and after that's being addicted. And that's quite literally, I was taking an Epsom salt bath three times a day. Like it was, it was, it's an intense wow. detoxification. My body has never been the same since in, in a good way. Like yeah. I can, I am so much more functional. It was worth it. That's the point is that it was worth it. Yes. And so I remember laying in my bed that night and having this moment where I clicked, it, I, it clicked for me and I realized I was like, oh, she doesn't know what I'm doing. My body doesn't know what I'm doing. She's freaking out right now. And she's in pain and she she experiences the idea of pain or discomfort as bad. Like I'm taking her somewhere bad. I have to, I have to inform her. I have to like catch her up to speed and tell her I'm doing this because I love her. So I remember laying in bed that night and like hugging myself and be like, babe, I need you to trust me. Like, I promise you this feels bad right now. It's gonna feel better. I'm doing this because it's going to get us to somewhere we need to be because I can't keep treating you or I can't, I, I can't, I love you so much that I can't let you continue to function the way that you were functioning because we weren't functioning. We right. like, we couldn't digest, it was just, it was bad. And so it's funny, that idea of, did it feel right? Did it feel wrong? Did it feel good? Did it feel bad? It felt like a detox. When right. I initially right. left that story system of evangelical Christianity, it sucked. Right. It felt so bad. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, they spin that narrative inside the church that like you experience these bad or painful consequences and they're trying to tell you that's because you're doing something wrong or like the divine right. powers are like, no, no, stay here. It's safe in here. It's like, no, no, I couldn't keep eating substances that were harming my body and think that I'm going to be able to like right. do what, if I'm allergic to a thing and I'm realizing I'm allergic to a thing, the answer is to not continue to eat that thing, even though it feels fine. Now the right. answer is to do the work to detox from right. it right. to feel better ultimately. Right. And so that's very much like it feels, it feels bad to get you to the place where you feel better. Yes. And so it did feel like shit. It doesn't anymore. It feels right. So it and again, that's what I'm saying. Like it's almost it, it feels so good that it's almost uninteresting. Like it feels <laughs> like just really normal. I don't I don't how, yeah. move and live through my day thinking about. I don't give like energy and attention to, to again to that former story system anymore. Beyond what the work I do with my clients, I don't yeah. read those articles. I don't I don't feel that fire anymore. Like yeah. it's I don't keep up. With occasionally, that I'll yell on. at people on Twitter, but only you know if the moment calls for what it. They but deserve it. But it truly like I'm like because isn't that the point of a detox though? Because yeah. you're not supposed to feel bad to feel bad in perpetuity. You feel bad to like set your body. If you think you feel worse than you have previously felt. You feel felt worse than you've ever felt in order to feel better than you've ever felt before. Yeah. And so that again would be the way that I would describe it as like, oh detox. yeah, it was totally, it was like a detox. Or when you first start working out right. where you're like, this feels like shit. Or like shit. a good massage makes your you Your first like yoga class hours. after like two months away, you're yeah. like, I hate everything about this feeling, but that doesn't mean don't go. Right. That doesn't mean you're doing something bad. You're actually doing something very, yeah. very good. the friends or the community or the connectedness that I had in church that I thought was meaningful and that relied heavily upon me not being who I really 
am. Um, when I lost all that and I was extremely alone for a while and then I had to literally learn like how to make friends like in my late twenties, like it's not a thing people teach you how to do. So I just started going to like social <laughs> gatherings around Nashville where people that I like knew kind of from the internet or knew from other social gatherings or there. I just started showing up to things uninvited. Like I was so uncomfortable and I was, so, I was like, but I need like human interaction like desperately. And like I started to, and, and out of that, like there were a lot of awkward small talk. There was a lot of like weird times, but there were like a, a tiny handful of people that I would have these moments where I really clicked or connected with them over one thing. And then that led to another thing. And then that led to, oh, we don't just see people. We don't just see each other out in the same places. Like we're going to grab coffee and then we right. have dinner and then you come over for wine. And then we like, th- now we're friends. Yeah. And like, and I, I, I've said this before where it's like those people are the people that I know I will have yeah. for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I, I have maybe one or two that were there like beforehand that are still here, like one or two. Yeah. But the people that I have on this side of that work yeah. and a, because they met the real me yeah. and, and we bonded over things that were deeper and more important and right. more meaningful to us rather than the fact that we're just in the same place multiple right. times a week. And apparently we check the same box in a form about what religion we are. Right. Like, so it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very worth it. It's really hard, but it's very worth yeah. it. And even those one or two, you didn't know you had previously. Right. I mean, and, 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 you know, I think of a couple of friends who I had and one specifically who I had for more than 20 years mm. and, 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 and we just didn't really hang out. Yeah. And, but he really showed up and then, and now I, I know that he and I, like, there's nothing I can throw at this guy now. My best friend and I have been friends for, we're going on eight years now and we both kind of religiously deconstructed at separate times, which is yeah. hard for a bit there. Cause I, I, I went first and then like I left at the time where she was really, yeah. when we met, she wasn't really in it and I was, and yeah. then I started leaving at the time where she kind of started needing it. Oh wow! And so it was, it was an interesting time period, but then eventually she kind of left too. Um, but us just being like, I mean, willing, able, capable of just choosing each other. Um, and there were, you know, months at a time where we couldn't do that or didn't do that. And you that might not have learned it the same way if you'd gone through it at the same time. Right. Yeah. But it is really exactly what you said, where it's like, neither one of us are ever going anywhere for yeah. each other now. Um, so I feel... It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Early on, when you realized that you were having to make, when you were still in that situation, in your church situation, in your missionary situation, when you realized you were having to make choices that were literally choosing against who you were and your instincts of what you needed in order to be loved and accepted into that community. Were you enough of the person you are now? Were the kernels of it there visible enough for you to, for, where there were alarms going off at that time mm-hmm. where you were like, this doesn't feel, mm-hmm. or did it, or, or for you, was it like, oh no, this is just what, this is what people do to survive mm-hmm. and I'm doing it and it's fine. Or were, did you have like early alarms of like, oh no, this is bullshit. Like I can't be, I shouldn't be doing this. I did, but I didn't know they were alarms because it was things that my body was doing. Right. Like I was like physically sick or was having panic attacks huh. or those kinds of things. Like, cause those are our body's methods of communicating with us and getting yeah, our attention about I'm things so that we don't you. know. Yeah. yeah. And so I, if I would not have framed it that way, I probably would have said no. That was your body's version of now. doing that same thing that where your body probably realized, oh, she yeah. doesn't know what I'm doing. I was sick, <laughs> I was like sick for before. the entire first two months when I moved to England. Like right. physically, like, and, and it, there was no quote reason for it. My immune system was, and now I know is because of all the stress I was under and just all these alarm bells going off of that. I was in an unsafe place, but I literally had like a perpetual cold. Um, but like with like shaky, like flu, like symptoms for almost the entire first Mm -hmm. two months that I was there. And again, looking back on that, I'm like, Oh, my body was trying to get my attention to try and save my life. Like we can't be here. Um, so I know that now it's like a friend from an, from another country who doesn't speak the language desperately trying desperately to, trying to get your attention to, to be get like your get attention. the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but again it's like when you were talking about that that in super intense cleanse diet thing that you yeah. did th- this was the opposite that was mm-hmm. your body saying oh shit she doesn't know yep. what I'm doing yep like she can't under she doesn't understand me exactly. I need to try to figure out a way to break through that's and communicate we have to figure out how her. to communicate successfully that's with one what another she was trying which to is do. the whole thing that I And that's what you do, do now. now. That's mm-hmm. why you your whole life is Yeah. Um uh, So asked. so speaking of that, you know, where am I now? You know? Yeah. So what yeah. yeah, so what where yeah, so where are you now? Where um, are you today? Yeah, I mean similar to you, I'm like, oh my god, there's so much I could say. But um I think the first thing that came to mind that I wrote here in my little notes mm-hmm. while you were talking was mm-hmm. um I remember again those years that you know, people like that client of mine that you're friends with, like mentioned, like those years that people didn't see 
where interactions such as this one, which like someone from actually that community in England, maybe about a year and a half after I'd like left and I put something on the internet on Facebook and they're quite, you know, of course the standard question, like, Hey, just curious. Cause I care. Like, are you, uh, are you still, uh, are you still Christian? Um, and I was, I was like, God, there's so many ways you could like answer that question with like so much, like, I don't know, bitterness, anger, right. offense, whatever. Swing back. Yeah. Uh, like pull that punch, you know, but I, I really feel like my body gave me this language, which was like so perfect. Um, and what I said to him was like, the only way I know how to answer that question is to tell you that it is no longer important to me to have an answer to that question. Right. And, and it I makes think them crazy. <laughs> they're so mad about it because yeah. they're trying to nail you down. But I'm like, that's the point. It's you like, can't. you have to choose. And I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not, I'm not Lunatic ever. Lunatic liar lord, you have to choose. God, that whole fucking. <laughs> but no. Yeah, no, you're right though. It does. It makes yeah. people insane yeah. for you not to care about having an answer. Because also there's no argument there. You can't, you can't convince me of anything because you're right. not drawing me from one position to another. I'm telling you there is no position. And right. so, again, that's really difficult for people like that to understand. But, you know, like, and again, to what you said before, where it was like, well, there, what's your purpose and meaning and what's the point? And it's like, yeah, if there's nothing external, then I'm like, what a rude, like, uh-huh. what a rude, like, go ask any person who, who does, who practices any sort of spirituality that isn't like a Western, right. like you have a one specific deity, like. Right. That's such, like, they would look at you like you have three heads if right. you ask them that question. Because, like, that's a, it's just an insane, like, the only thing, like, it's that whole, like, where do you get your morality from if there's no God? And it's like, the only reason why you're asking me that question is because you have a specific interpretation of what morality is that is right. informed by your belief in a God. It's circular. Like, the whole, right. it doesn't work. Absolutely. So, so it is like, for me, it really, it does come down to like, oh, what my purpose is, like, oh, pleasure is the point. Yeah. Like pleasure is the point. And the reality is, is like, I find pleasure in, in kindness and in, yeah. and in love and in connecting like the work that I do now. I've said this many times, like I, you know, after 10 years in ministry, like I deeply feel like the work that I do now is the holiest work mm-hmm. that I've ever done because it is so, it's so connected and it's, it's just returning people back to their bodies and helping mm-hmm. holding space for people to hear themselves, holding this container for transformation. And that's the point. Like, that's my point. And, and I, and I've had this conversation with my body many times where it's like, that could all, I could lose my business tomorrow and okay. Because like, I'm still, I'm still, he- I'm with her and I'm here. And yeah. like, she gave me this work in the first place anyway. And so I don't know, like there's a lot that I could, I'm exploring some things right now. Like I said, and returning back to the stuff that I kind of knew mm-hmm. that I knew when I was like seven. And I don't want to talk too much about that right now because I am just learning. Um, but it is witchcraft and it's, and it's, and I'm learning to like own the title and like the sex, witch thing started as a joke, but it's not a joke. Like I'm learning to really own the beauty of that title, witch and like the sacred history that it has and how we have been very much misinformed by it being something that we need to be afraid of. And, and it's just, so if anyone is interested in that, you should read the spiral dance by Starhawk because I'm reading it and it's completely it's, it really, it feels like, like I feel like a buzzing in my body every time I read it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel like I'm coming back to the thing that I somehow wow. knew was for me when I was really young. Um, but I mean, it's just the highest it's law cool. in, in witchcraft is just, you know, do not bring any intentional harm to yourself or any other living being. It's, it's yeah. the highest law really is love. Um, huh. it's love is connection. Um, and ultimately I really do feel that like what you give your attention to yeah. has power and meaning. And so that is at this point in my life, what I am autonomously powerfully choosing to give my attention to. Um, love it. so there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to say, but again, it's just, it feels like I'm in this like process of continually becoming. Yeah. So I haven't landed anywhere and I hope I never really do. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like I, I, I've, I've talked about, I've, I've said that I feel like it's like a, it's, it's a permanent uncertainty mm-hmm. that I hope I never lose, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Because, Agreed. because it goes back the way my mind work, it works. It goes back to the, the scientific method. It goes back yeah. to like, it's a hypo, like whatever I believe about spirituality or external meaning or whatever, it's a hypothesis that yeah. I want to hold yep. and I want to be, and I want it to be in a constant state of being tested and at the point at which there is any evidence that I can pull into it, 
that runs contrary to whatever the hypothesis is, well, then we then we we we, we trash it, we burn yep. it, and we come up with a new hypothesis. Exactly. But it's like I only want to hypothesize from here forward. Yeah. I don't ever want to say, Same. oh, I got it. Yeah. I figured it out. Because then, I know it. Then if because man, you lose all the wonder and the mystery you, of you do. of curiosity, and you stop and... listening, and you stop learning. Mm -hmm. You know that always used to be my my criticism, yeah. and my my problem with evangelicals when I was one. Yeah. Was <laughs> it's so hard to get into the posture of coming into new information. Exactly. Yeah. And therefore, when you hear people's stories, and you ask them questions, you're not really listening. Yeah. Like you're not really taking any of it in and running the risk of trying it on and seeing how it feels because you're, you're, you're working really hard to stay detached Yeah. because that's the only way to keep your shit safe on yep. your side of the street. Yes. But it's like, you need to be able to really listen to people mm -hmm. and really imagine, have an imagination big enough to say, May but maybe this, maybe, yeah. You know, probably it's okay to even say probably my thing, but maybe your but thing. But maybe your thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, prep, like, maybe your thing is my thing. Like opinions are okay to have and yeah. preferences are understandable. Yeah. Everyone has the opinions they have because they think they're right. Yes. It's okay to have opinions. Yeah. But, um, but I want to, I like the idea, I like the feeling of being open and being able to say, but tell me that, tell me that story again though, because, yeah. and let me go try that for myself and just see how that feels. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be afraid of having any experience and figuring out that maybe it feels real and maybe it feels true. Yeah. I just want to, you know, and so, so it's like learning, being open, like that feels, including going back to and hearing the voices from the thing where I, that I've come from. Yeah. I don't want to say that I'm open to the exclusion of my previous thing, which right. I think a lot of people do, and I want to be careful not to do, but, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's like, I, I feel... It's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not scary anymore. It was scary for it a while. It is not. But it's not scary anymore. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't feel like there's anything conspiring against me or or punishing me as a result of, or looking to catch me. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like, no, I just think this is all here. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the environment in which reality occurs and yeah. I get to navigate in it and yep. I get to assign meaning to parts of it. Yep. And I don't really think that there's anything coming to get me yeah and for good yeah. like not, not coming to rescue me and not coming to harm me exactly i'm yep. just here in it and get to navigate it and get yep. to enjoy it like our pal ashley ecker says we're learning in public that's right i love that yes yeah All right, you're the best. Cool. So are you, and so are all of you. All it's of weird you. thinking about the fact that other people are going to listen to this. And I know. Yeah. Strange. This is what our conversations sound like all the time. This so. is actually what we do anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You're the oh, best. Bye. Neither <laughs> <laughs> one of us know how to end it. Hey everyone, I'm going to make this quick this week. There's just a few more episodes left this season, and it's been a long season. So, as always, thank you so much to everyone hanging with us, listening to and supporting the podcast, sharing it, keeping us going, seriously. It's really appreciated to know that we're connecting and to see so much resonance from so many voices in this platform we're building. This episode is itself a bit of an experiment, and we hope a refreshing one. You can find us across various social media platforms. Our website is theairingofgrief.com. Check us out on Patreon to support the podcast, and you'll get access to bonus conversations and a bunch of other content we've already published. We're going to take a short break between seasons, but we will still be putting up content there. And that's all for now. We'll see you again next week, after church, for The Airing of Grief. Music